Blog Talk Radio. Jovan, and uh, we've got a great guest, and I think he's on the line right now with our program, the uh, outstanding associate head coach at the University of Southern California Trojans, Bob Cantu. Bob, are you with us? Yeah, let's bring him in. Let's bring him in right now. USC okay. assistant head Bob Cantu. How are you guys Bob? doing tonight? Good evening. Good evening. We're doing great. How are you? I'm doing good, thanks. Hey, and thanks for taking your valuable time to join Jovan and myself tonight on the East-West Hoops Loop. And uh, you're going all around the world, not just on the East and West Coast tonight, Coach. So uh, it's a pleasure to have you. And I'm going to start get right to it. Um, I'm going to ask a little different type question. Since we do have so many people around the world and you've got such a great basketball program going there at the University of Southern California, USC, what would you tell somebody that's thinking about going there, a parent or a student? Uh, kind of give us some bullet points. Well, it's a tremendous university. Uh, we're a private school. A lot of people don't realize that. We only have 16,000 undergrad and another 15,000 graduate uh, students. Uh, 35,000 apply every year, of which they only accept 4,000. Uh, our uh, our alumni and boosters are tremendous. Um our facilities in basketball are as good as anybody in the country. We just spent $150 million on a basketball arena in 2007 that we've been in, and we just got done with an $80 million John McKay Center for football, but our athletes use it for our academic services. Um, our athletic department obviously is tremendous with football, but uh, we tell our recruits, you're not just coming here to play with great basketball and football players, but you're coming here to be with the world-class athletes, Olympic, you know, future Olympic stars, and uh, you know you're in you're in Southern California. You've got great weather. Uh, you're going to play at a high level. You're going to be in a major media market of Los Angeles. You've got Staples Center two miles down the street, and uh, with our new Pac-12 network, you're going to have every game on television. So really, it's it's really a win-win for anybody. We've had plenty of players drafted uh, in the first round the last five six years. So you can come here and get your degree, uh, expose yourself to some of the famous alum that we have and boosters in the program and, you know, compete at the highest level by coming here. It's a $60,000-a-year scholarship. Hey, uh, I hope that someone at USC was taping that because it was brilliant. I I loved listening to it. It was really good. Uh, My second question before I throw it back over to Javon, uh, I wanted to ask you about the USC basketball program. Obviously, you had a tough year last year. You had so many 
crucial injuries. And, and I'm a believer, you know, at 62 years old that you can use injuries as an excuse because if you lose key players, that hurts the program. But I'm thinking not only do you have to get better, which you are, but you have to jump over people. That's the hard thing to do, isn't it, I would think. Well, it's hard to maintain. And, you know, I've been at SC for going into my 12th season, so I've been part of some good teams. The hardest thing that we had going against us is guys were very good. They were going automatically to the NBA. So replacing first-round draft picks had been a problem for us. You know, the Kentuckys and the Dukes, they're they're bringing in guys that can replace those guys every year where, you know, it's tougher to do that for us. And so I'll give you an example. In 2011, Nikola Vucevic ends up being our 16th pick in the first round. We lose him. We find out he's going out when the season's over. Kind of tough to replace him late. Uh, then we had four other seniors. And on top of that, when we had a coaching change from Tim Floyd to Kevin O'Neill, we lost four recruits. One of them was Derek Williams, who I signed at SC, ended up being the number two draft pick uh, from Arizona. So when Kevin got the job, we were already behind the eight ball because we had lost recruits. The other, Taj Gibson, DeMar DeRozan, just gone to the NBA. So we replaced the NBA guys. You lost your recruiting class. So we tried to fill some holes with some JUCOs and some transfers and uh, had done that, and then, boom, you lose another guy at the NBA. So we were kind of limping into that offseason, going to be young and inexperienced, and then our best player, Gio Fontan, tears his ACL in Brazil, and then three other starters have season-ending injuries uh, throughout the beginning of the season. So we were literally playing games with six basketball players on scholarship, which is unheard of at this level, and I've never seen anything at any level like this in uh, experience, but... We got through it, and uh, we have a whole new team. It's a brand-new team, and uh, we're really, really excited about it. Great, and I know uh, my co-host here, Jovan Alford, has some questions for you. So go ahead, Jovan. All right, Coach, piggybacking off what you just said, bringing up former Sixer Nikola Vucevic, how was it coaching a former Sixer point guard back at SC? Uh, when Nicholas, you know, it's funny you say he was just here last week working out with us. It, when Nicola was a freshman, he was playing behind Taj Gibson, so he didn't even play at all. And he went from a guy that was literally on the bench and developed into, you know, a first-round pick. He's a, a great kid, was a good student, very coachable, was very knowledgeable, but, you know, was was a guy that developed his skills in the offseason. I mean, he got in that gym and he worked. You could get him that ball in the block, and he could get you a basket, or he could get fouled, and he could make foul shots. And, and if you're a low-post player and you could do that, now you command a double team, which is going to give us some type of advantage. And Nikola could really pass out of the post. And, you know, he had some games there against great talent where he, you know, was getting 20-plus and, and double-digit rebounds. And so you can see where little by little his game was growing. And he was a guy that was never on a draft board at all throughout any of the season and then really played himself into it at the end of the season, got us to the NCAA tournament. And then when he uh, declared his, his drafts, were, or excuse me, his uh, all, all the people that brought him in to work him out were so impressed with him that they felt that he could be a you know a first-round draft pick, and he did it. But great kid. Uh, you know, I talk to him all the time. He's now in Orlando. He was part of the Dwight Howard trade. So he's now with the Magic, and I think he's going to be able to play a lot of minutes there. And uh, it should work out. I think he'll have a good chance of, of, of starting for them this year. Agreed. I definitely think he'll get more of an opportunity out in Orlando than he did with the Sixers, even though he did get a good, surmountable time for the Sixers. 
last season. Tell our listeners on the East Coast over here, because a lot of us don't know about SC. Well, some of us do if we follow college basketball. Tell our listeners about the tourney that you guys will be playing in from November 19th to the no, to the 21st. Uh, the Maui Invitational you're talking about? Yes, the Maui Invitational. Yeah, we're in the Maui Invitational, which everybody knows that is a tremendous tournament. We open up with Illinois and Texas and Chaminade are in our bracket. And on the other side is North Carolina, Mississippi State, uh, Butler, and Marquette. I mean, it is loaded. It's a great tournament. Um a lot of great players and coaches and programs have been through there, and we're honored to represent the Pac-12 Conference in that tournament. Uh, the games are Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, the week of Thanksgiving. All of them will be primarily on either ESPN or ESPNU or ESPN2. Um, we're excited to be able to compete at that level. And when you recruit, uh, you talked about not only your conference games, but your, your non-conference games and, and getting our kids exposure and um, our guys are going to be able to play at that highest level on a national stage in that tournament for three straight nights, and uh, we are really, really excited about it. It's going to be great. And the other thing, just to add to that, is our new Pac-12 network, for those of, of, of the people on the East who aren't aware of it, you will be able to see not only USC but all of our Pac-12 opponents on TV all the time. Um, there's games that will be going from Wednesday to Sundays, and um, we have 31 games on TV this year. So a lot more people in the East are going to be aware uh, of what we're doing out West, and uh, we're really excited about that. I think it'll open up some more doors for kids that you know may want to come come West. Uh, we're speaking with uh, Bob Cantu. He is the associate head coach of the University of Southern California Trojans. They play in the Pac-12. Everybody knows that, and they do have a basketball program there. Besides a pretty darn uh, good football program. Coach, I wanted to ask you about, you know, you mentioned this is your 12th year uh, at USC, and um, what about uh, uh, spanning the globe now? Uh, I can remember maybe 12 years ago it was thought that there would be an international player that was pretty good and whatever, but now you've got to almost look everywhere, I would think, for players. You know, Canada's even developing a lot of great high school uh, players. No, I agree. Uh, Toronto has been a, a little hub of a lot of good players. You know, it's different cities in different years. You know, L.A. obviously is where we look first, and it could be loaded one year. I you know years when, when the state of Texas is loaded or Seattle's loaded, but uh, a, a lot of what we're seeing is foreign kids that are coming to the United States and they're going to high schools or prep schools for a year or two, which allows us to go recruit them. Uh, but the other thing that, you know, we do, what a lot of universities do, is go overseas and, uh, you know, see kids over there. And uh, we've had some success. We have a foreign kid this year on the team named Strahinja Kavilovic from Belgrade, Serbia, uh, who we think is going to be a nice player for us at 6'8", 215 pounds. And, uh, you know, if you look at our conference and every year, there's one or two foreign guys that really make an impact. And, uh, you never know where you're going to find one. You never know what lead uh, you might get that can help you find a player. And I'm at a place like USC and being in L.A., uh, you know, it's a great place for foreign players to consider going. Uh, it's a very diverse city, obviously, and there's a lot of opportunities. And so we've had success, you know, with, with foreign kids being interested um, in not just in basketball but in, you know, all sports. I don't name drop here. I'm actually a pretty humble guy, Coach, but 
one of my closest friends and my golfing partner is John Spolstra and Eric's, Eric's dad. And, of course, John is a great sports marketeer, written several books, but he always talks about people just really got to look at the value of television anymore. As a matter of fact, he often tells me he thought the Dodgers at $2 billion was a, was bought on the cheap. So in, with that said, the Pac-12 network has just got to be so exciting for everyone. You've alluded a little bit to it, but what's that going to mean five years from now? Well, uh, it, it just means our conference, number one, is going to get a lot more exposure. Um, I think a lot more people in all parts of, of the country are going to be able to watch games at all times. Normally, what we were on is this Fox Sports deal where, you know, games are 7.38 and it's out there at 11 o'clock at night and no one's watching the game. So you're not getting an accurate assessment of how good the league is. The, the, the media, uh, the pollsters are not getting to watch, you know, the teams and see how good they are. I think in five years it's going to give our conference a chance to really grow and really develop. And, you know, there's, there's one thing that people forget. Before we had this media coverage, we still had, I want to say it's 07, 08, 09. There's three straight years we had six teams in the NCAA tournament. There's one year where we had like 21 draft picks uh, between the first and second rounders. I mean, it, the league has been tremendous. But like anything, it cycles and it goes up and down. I think what this TV package will do will allow the league to be a little more consistent in recruiting the elite players. Um, and everybody will be able to watch. And you know, it's 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 been difficult because every team now can is going to have pretty much the same amount of games on television. I mean, between the ESPN, Fox, or the actual Pac-12 network, you're always going to be on TV. And depending on where your who your cable subscriber is, it's going to be pretty easy, you know, to be able to follow it. And uh, obviously, they're launching it right now with football. Um, but with basketball, it's going to be tremendous. And also, you know, all the women's basketball games as well are going to be on the Pac-12. So it's really just a win-win for everybody in the league. Absolutely. Jovan, go ahead. Okay. So, Coach, we know that head coach Kevin O'Neill is, is the head coach of the Trojans. How is it How is it learning under him since he has tons of NBA experience? Like, like, how is the like like the the matrix process like learning from a guy of his stature that has that experience not only in the not only in college but also in the pros? Well, it's been great because you know the nuances of the game are always changing, and I think he can bring a different element. Every time you recruit a kid, they want to hear the word NBA, and when you can tell them that your boss spent 11 years in that league, that's a huge selling point. Um, you know, and, and he can tell you what it takes you know to be in that league. For me, I've been fortunate. My first boss was Henry Bibby, who played, uh, you know, at UCLA for John Wooden and then played in the NBA and uh, coached at SC. And then I worked for Tim Floyd for four years, who was also an NBA head coach. So I've been fortunate enough to work with three guys that all had NBA experience. But, you know, Kevin was with Rick Carlisle, was also with Jeff Van Gundy. He's been with some of the, the really good coaches in the league, and they've always – were, were tops in the NBA in defense. And I know when he was with the Pistons and the Pacers, they had great defensive teams. And so I think, you know, when he brings that different, like I said, element uh, to the game that's a little bit, you know, maybe not just a typical college uh, viewpoint uh, is great. And so you get to kind of learn a little bit different terminology. And I think, you know, when you're sitting there sharing with your team that, hey, this is, you know, Kevin will tell a story about, hey, this is how we beat the Miami Heat or this is how we beat, 
the Lakers and this is how we guarded Shaq or, you know, things like that. I think kids really respect that. And every kid on the phone uh, when I recruit, you know, their eyes their eyes and ears kind of open up a little bit bigger when they hear the word NBA and, and they know that, uh, you know, your coach has been at that level. So that's the ultimate level that we'd all, you know, attain and aspire to coach at or play at one day. And uh, so it's great to be able to, to, to share, you know, Kevin's experience with uh, our program as well as, you know, our recruits. Agreed. He's definitely definitely helping the program rebuild after having a tough season and bringing USC back to the prominence in the Pac-12. I want to talk about one of your players, guard, junior, guard, guard, who's a junior, Maurice Jones. Talk about the impact and not having him on the team this season. Well, it's going to be a big impact. I mean, he averaged about 13, 14 a game for us. He started and led the country in minutes played. Um, he did a lot of things. He could really score. Uh, he could play the point. He could play off the ball. Uh, you know, he, he did a lot of good things. He helped us get to the tournament as a freshman. Uh, it's going to be a loss, but, you know, believe it or not, I think that we are equipped to still have a very successful year. Theo Fontan is healthy and playing at a high level, and JT Terrell, uh, I believe, is as good as any perimeter player in our league. Uh, I think he's as good as any perimeter player that I've had in the last 12 years. And I maybe, you know, speaking too highly of him before he's played here, but he played a year in, the, in Wake Forest and ACC and averaged about 11 a game and then went to junior college and, He's in great shape, uh, he's very focused, and he's been tremendous. But him and Gio um, are going to be very good. And we also uh, landed Chaz Bryant, who actually is a non-scholarship player, but could very easily be a you know a scholarship player at Division One level. And he's going to be able to fill in uh, for some of those minutes at the point spot that we would have used Maurice. I mean, obviously we're better with him, but I don't think we're going to miss him to the point where we won't be able to function We've got a lot of firepower. We've got Byron Wesley, who's uh, returning, who could play a little bit at the two spot. Uh, we got tons of guys at the three spot. We really feel we have, you know, 11 guys solid that we could play. And um, there's only three guys on our current roster that even played last year. So when I say it's a new team, it's a whole new team of, of veterans that are healthy, that were injured, guys that transferred, that are now eligible, and then new guys that we brought in and that new recruiting class. Um, and so, you know, you put all those guys together and you say, yeah, we would love to have them. We wish we, we, you know, we did have them. Obviously, he was very good. But unfortunately, we don't. But I still think that we're going to be okay without him. We're speaking with Coach Bob Cantu, the associate head coach of the USC Trojans, who have a mighty nice team this year and are going to do some damage, in my opinion, in the Pac-12 and, and got a real good shot, I think, to go back to the NCAA tournament and I know they'd love to do that. Uh, Coach, uh, just a little side comment. Are you going to be around down in Los Angeles on November 3rd uh, when the Oregon Ducks visit for football? What a big game that's going to be. Oh, yeah. No, I'll definitely be there. That'll be one of our bigger recruiting weekends. You know, being in L.A., uh, you have a lot of recruits, you know, freshmen, sophomore, juniors, so we try to invite you know, as many uh, recruits as we can to, to, to come to those games, and we're allowed to give them, you know, tickets on a pass list to attend that. And so that's a huge recruiting weekend for us. So, yeah, we will be in attendance, and we will, you know, be inviting, you know, local players and coaches to attend that and enjoy it. And I know everybody's got that marked on the calendar for sure. That's going to be exciting. Do you like uh, – I am not a, a, a proponent of it, 
Uh, do you like the unbalanced schedule in the Pac-12 uh, of not playing everybody on the home and road? Um, I'm not a fan of it, but maybe I know there's reasons for doing things. Uh, I just like a balanced schedule, and I was really tickled that with the expansion of the Big Sky, they decided to go to a balanced schedule. What's your thoughts on an unbalanced league schedule? Well, you know, the the facts are without a, a balanced league schedule, you don't have a true champion. I mean, you do, but you don't because then everybody played each other. And I think depending on how good certain teams are during years, during you know different years, some teams are getting advantages because they're maybe not having to go to a, a difficult place to play on the road. I mean, if, if you don't go, say, to the Washington that's one of the tougher trips, you know, the environment in Washington and Washington state's tough to play in Pullman. I mean, that's a tough trip where you don't go to the Oregon and you got two unique styles. You got to prepare for back to back games. You know, there, there's something to be said about that depending on who you are in that year, who you don't play. I don't think you really find out who the true champion is, especially if it comes down to say one game difference between the champion and second place team. You know, the good thing is you do have a conference tournament. You do have a team, say, like Colorado, that could still win and, and get to the to the NCAA tournament, you know, a, a different way. Um, I, I'm okay with it, but, I mean, obviously it, it's a, I loved how the Pac-10 was for so many years because you really knew who you, know, you had a true champion at the end of the year. Um, I've always thought, and, and I don't know what other people think of this, but I always felt that the winner of the conference should have the automatic bid and not the, the conference champion and reward the team that, you know, showed that they were the better team over a course of 18 games. Uh, I know it gives other teams a chance to get in, but you see a lot of teams that don't get to go uh, because they lost one game. And that's disappointing. Uh, you're putting everything on one game instead of you know the body of work over 18 games. But I mean, ideally, you know, you always want something to be perfect, but there's no such thing. But, uh, you know, our league, uh, the Pac-12 does a tremendous job of managing all the schools and all the sports, and uh, it's re- really, really well run. And, you know, we're just excited, uh, you know, to be part of it. Hey, uh, thank you very much. That's another thing I'm a big proponent of, that the conference champions, it's got to have more merit because going through a league like the Pac-12 and, you know, traveling to all the various different climates, even getting to Pullman and then playing in the desert and everything. It's just got to be, got to be really tough. Uh, Jovan, I don't know how much time we have left, but I'll throw it back to you and, and, uh, maybe we have a little more time, uh, with Coach Cantu, but boy, this has been great tonight. You've been great guests, Coach, and I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. No, I enjoy, uh, enjoy being on and, Anytime uh, you guys want to talk some hoops, love to be on. You know, we're we're excited and optimistic for this year's season. Um, you know, there's a lot of, uh, I think, players on the team that feel like they have a lot to prove, and the guys that were part of last year's team that, that uh, you know, struggled, uh, I think want to, you know, come out and have a great season. So as a coaching staff and the players are pretty focused right now, and, you know, I tell everybody I wish the season started tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> I do, too. I think we got a little time left. I'm going to ask you a question, then I'll throw it back to Javon to finish the program. Uh, I'm a little prejudiced here because uh, I went to – I graduated from the same college as, as Terry Durham. His dad was a great football and athletic director at Linfield College, where I went uh-huh. coming in along with Ed Rush, who's another close friend of mine. Yeah, they're just friends, Bob, because – 
because I'm old. That's the reason. But I, I think those guys really understand the officiating. And it's not that Phil McCabe did a bad job, but I think Terry and Ed are going to take the Pac-12 referees to the next level, and I think that's needed. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm excited about that. I, I think they will uh, agree with you on that. You know, officials uh, play a big part of the game, um, you know, but they're human. And anybody that thinks they can do a better job, just grab a whistle and, and come to practice, and you blow it and let me know if you think you did a good job. I mean, uh, you know, you know, it's always easy to sit on that side and say, oh, no, that was a foul. You know, but if you're actually in that moment and, you know, you've got to make a call, and you know, you're going to make a mistake, and that's, and that's part of the game. And, and, and it'll always be part of the game. I think as coaches, the thing that we like is we just want to see consistency, you know, and, and I think we'll get that. We've always gotten that. And, and um, you know, I, I, uh, I'm excited. I think all aspects of our conference are getting better and better. I mean, they really are. And uh, this will be just another part of it. Jovan, take us out. And, Coach, I want to say goodbye right now. I'm going to still be listening. But uh, thanks for taking the time to join us tonight. And I know Jovan's got a final question for you. But, boy, just like I said, you've been a great guest. And will, will you come back on again with us soon? Absolutely. Yeah, anytime. Just let me know. We'd love to do it if you want to do it again as we get closer to the season or end of the season. Uh, not a problem. Uh, just contact me and you'd be happy to do it. That'll be terrific, and I'll let Javon finish out with you. Thanks. Okay, thank you. All right, Coach, just a couple more questions as we end out the East-West Hoops loop. Uh, talk about the signing of forward Ronaldo Woolridge from the University of Tennessee. Talk about this signing and what he brings to the table for your basketball team. Well, you know, it was a unique, a unique situation. I recruited him five years ago, and we actually thought we had him. And the last minute he went to Tennessee, and so I had a relationship with him and his, and his mom. And uh, when he became available because he got his year back because of injury uh, and I had called him, you know, it just kind of felt, you know, comfortable and natural for him to come home where he was from and, and finish off his last year and, you know, work on a Masters at SC. But what he brings to the table is he's a legit 6'9", uh, can really shoot the three, can stretch the court. He can rebound the ball with his size and athleticism and, uh, I don't think his stats at Tennessee really show what he can do. Uh, they had some good players he played behind and probably didn't get the minutes, but he was very productive in the minutes he got. I mean, he had games where he had, I think, 15 at Kentucky in the first half. You know, not many people can go in a rough and do that. He had five three-pointers in the first half. Um, so I see him as a guy that can help us in a lot of ways, but offensively he is a threat uh, from three. You, you have to guard him. But because of his size, you know, he can he can score down low, you know, great on the glass, and uh, he makes foul shots too. So he will. He, I think he can play a really big role for us. All right. Last question. Last question for you, Coach, on the East-West Hoops Loop. Finally, tell us what – tell our listeners that's out there listening right now about what we should know about USC, your team, and the Pac-12 as a whole, and how the Pac-12 can be a force in the in college basketball this upcoming season. Well, I, I think there's some teams that have, uh, you know, I think Arizona and UCLA did a very good job of recruiting. They have a lot of talent on the roster. I think Stanford returns a lot of players. Uh, I think we're going to be really good with the team that we've put together. Uh, and there's always teams like last year, Colorado, that surprised people. I think Cal's going to be good. Um, 
I think that uh, what we bring to the table, we have six seniors that were older, were hungry. For those of the, uh, uh, of the players that were part of the team last year that, that struggled, have a lot to prove. Uh, we have a very aggressive schedule, by far the most difficult preseason schedule of anybody in our league. So we really will be able to see where we stand. And if we can win some of those games, that will give us an advantage, you know, to get an NCAA tournament berth as, uh, you know, we get to the end of the season. But um, I think it will be a year um, where you have four to five teams in the NCAA tournament. And, uh, you know, you'll have other teams that probably can get to the NIT. I mean, Stanford last year won the NIT, I believe, and finished – I want to say somewhere middle of the pack. Um, so I'm expecting them to have a great a great season. So I'm excited. Uh, I think a lot of people will be more aware of the conference because of, of, the, of the TV network that we talked about, and there's some good young players in the league. And uh, I'm excited and optimistic and, you know, really looking for a good year uh, for us and for the conference as a whole. All right. Thanks again, Coach, for coming on the East West been fun talking to you. We hope we hope we wish that we that USC has a big year coming up. I'm going to stay in tune to your team cuz I have the Pac-12 network so I'm going to be in tune to your team all season long and hopefully we can get you back on here and talk more hoops. That sounds great. Anytime. We'd love to do it. Thanks so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Thank you. So, folks, it's about 30 seconds left in the East-West Hoops Loop. It's been a good show. Had the assistant coach from USC, Bob, Bob Cantu, on the line with us for the, for the whole show. Pretty good guest. And we're about to sign off. As we only have a couple seconds. And we're about to sign off from this show. Just want to thank everybody for listening in. Thank coach, thanks, Coach, again for coming on. Great call from my co-host from – for coming on, and we'll be back next Sunday, as usual, at this time, 11 o'clock, for the East-West Hoops Hoops. Make sure you stay tuned at midnight for the CF for the CO Golf Show with Greg Crawford and David Ogren. All right, everybody. Talk to you later.